At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What up, everybody? It's the Preachers and Seekers podcast. Today's episode, we get to talk to Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, worship leader, Chris McClarney. A lot of people asked me to get this dude on the pod after we had an awesome interaction over the Instagram stories chat feature, which got way out of hand a few weekends ago. So this is somewhat of a follow-up discussion from that, and I hope you enjoy it. I love this guy's heart. His voice is amazing. His songs are amazing. You've definitely sang. If you're in the church, you've definitely sang his songs before. Um, So take a listen. Let me know what you think. And if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Shout out to my dude, Words Played, for the intro music as always. He was super generous to let me use his music. Check him out on all the social medias at Words Played. If you haven't already, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash preachers and sneakers. There you get the opportunity to support the podcast and the Instagram. And in turn, you get exclusive access to early posts the Facebook page, as well as exclusive merch only for Preachers and Sneakers patrons. So check us out, patreon.com slash preachers and sneakers. Okay, here's my conversation with Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, worship leader, Chris McClarney. Um, all right, well, today we're talking to Chris McClarney. McClarney, are you Irish? Yeah. I mean, Heck I'm yeah. American, but... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Uh, and you're a Grammy-nominated songwriter and artist. Oh, Most yes. recently for your work on Living with a Fire with Jesus Culture, right? Yep. But you got to attend the Grammys. Oh, yeah. Like the actual Grammys, not that, the Christian Grammys. No, no, not the Dove Awards. To, oh, to right. the actual <laughs> Grammys. What did they do with y'all there? Did they, like, siphon y'all off into, like, a dry seating area and didn't sell you gin and tonics uh yeah did they (laughs) (laughs) uh for listeners he uh he affirmed yes that they did not sell him gin and tonics at the grammys was that did did everybody like did they treat you different at all like being a christian artist at the grammys or did they just really not care like Oh, really? Because, I mean, you do have to do, you don't do the real awards show. You do, like, the junior awards show, which is next door uh... and during the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the lights are on. They're sweeping the floors yeah, and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> no, so, cool. like, wait, I put a tux on for this? Like, Questlove did the presentation for our 
thing. The big thing oh, that's about dope. the Grammys was uh, Daigle, um, the queen of Christian music. Yes, in her breaking th- all barriers. <laughs> yes, even bigger than preachers and sneakers. I've heard. Uh, well, just barely. Just We're barely. coming up on her though. <laughs> <laughs> she she thanked me in her speech. What? Well, she didn't really thank me. She just said, "And and I love Chris McClarney." <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> well, so I'd go. Did you write there. anything for her or like with her? Uh, no, we're, we're just friends. We like uh, I did Nashville her first homies. Tour, the first tour she ever did, I went out and opened up for. Uh, okay. So we went and hung out. The we were up for the same award, <clears throat> and we all knew she was going to win it. Uh, <laughs> it's so, just like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I went out and hung out with her, and I said, "Look, if you do the." the thing where you're, when you accept your award and you're like, when, yeah. I, I want to say, uh, you know, man, what an honor to be among all these other uh, nominees. Don't just lump me in with Jesus culture, which is the band I'm in. You have to right. say my actual name. You, you have to say, <laughs> so she does her acceptance speech. She's like, you know, Hey, I want to thank, you know, all the normal things. She walks away from the mic and then just runs back up and says, and I love Chris McClarty. <laughs> <It was laughs> and how, how, how awesome did that make you feel at oh, the yeah, time? Oh, yeah, it was the best. I definitely stood up and took a bow. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, who the heck is this guy? I'm the winner of the losers. Which Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she is so good. Like, she is Christian music's unicorn dream oh yeah i thought you were gonna say christian music's adele but unicorn dream works too right she should probably put that on a t-shirt lauren we can talk after this about the t-shirt like she has like her pipes are insane and so nobody can deny it like even if they find out that she's a christian artist like who cares this girl can rip oh yeah that's so i mean tough probably opening you know who else is a christian artist we're actually signed to the same label as NF. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. And he's got bars. Yeah. People will send me stuff all the time. I'm like, hey, have you heard this guy? I'm like, yes, he's a Christian rapper. And uh, a lot of, like, it's secular, or like people that aren't believers that will send me that. <clears throat> and uh, they're always so surprised because he, like, has undeniable bars. Oh, yeah. Have you interacted with him much? No. no oh, not at all. It's not like a brotherhood? No, in- I wish it was. Who are you with? Capital. Okay, yeah. I talked to them recently about... Um, is Crowder on Capital? Yeah. Yeah, I, I talked with um, his crew recently about doing some kind of collab. I don't know if it's going to happen. Ooh. I still can't tell if he's pissed at me or not. That's a little for, tease for your listeners. Yeah. So be on the lookout. There may be a, a, a PNS Crowder collab coming soon. <clears throat> oh, I, I went and I listened to all of your podcasts. Because I was like, what have I gotten myself into? So, <laughs> like, you know, if I just like ambushed everybody and destroyed them publicly. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, um, I listened to it and I just want to know, I tried to find it. How did you get the explicit lyric content on your first one? Uh, like who said the explicit? I couldn't, I, like, I, I, I mean, it was on in the background, but as soon as I pushed play, I was like, oh. I'm going to listen for this curse word. <laughs> uh, I think uh, that was the one with justice. I, I think I said something like, uh, I was talking about 
people that I had supported in the past financially oh, yeah. for like missionaries. And I think I was talking about then they would buy this big ass diamond ring. You you can't say ass. I don't I don't I don't know. I mean I I I checked the box oh, to say go. there's a cuss word in this to to make sure that I didn't blindslide blindside any of my super conservative listeners. Well, now we but, just got another E. My hey, dude. I'm here to I'm here to push the envelope. <laughs> what is Christian culture anymore? We're redefining everything at this point. I was on a bad Christian podcast uh, a couple months ago. Have you ever listened to them? No. They're they're um, the guys from Emory, the band Emory. All it's right. A, um, well, they're like. Their whole shtick is that they cuss a ton and they're they talk about Christian stuff and hence the name Bad Christian Podcast. And their intro has some cuss words and stuff. And my uh my mom was so offended oh, no. <laughs> by yeah, by uh me being on that just because it, it was pretty raunchy. But um sometimes you need it for emphasis, oh, I for sure. I think. I don't know if that's biblical or not, but sometimes uh you need a good curse for emphasis. Um, okay, so we talked about the Grammys. I was so impressed because, uh, like, as a musician, that's like the pinnacle in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Of like, even if you're in the daytime thing, like to say like you're nominated for a Grammy, and if at some point you win a Grammy, that's probably like the biggest accomplishment ever. And then Questlove is up there. Oh yeah, nominating you. That's dope. I uh, I'm trying to get him on the pod. I've I've been talking with his assistant. Cause he, uh, did you see that he wore my yeah, hoodie? I saw that. that that Shaft premiere. Um, he's been he's I'm been really cool about it. For my hoodie. Oh, it's coming. Oh, you're yeah. yeah, it's coming. We talked about that. <laughs> I'm gonna send you the new ones. The new ones are gonna be a lot better because yes. they're gonna be embroidered. <clears throat> so the first ones were printed on, but these next ones are gonna be embroidered and they're gonna look really good. Um, okay, so back to you, Chris. So you've been doing this for a long time, singing, writing, leading worship. Yeah. Is the majority of time spent on writing at this point, or are you touring uh, a ton? Oh, I do a lot of tours, touring, um, one-offs. I, I mean, I'm full-time at a church, too, in Franklin, oh, really? Tennessee. Yeah. Which church? Church of the City is what it's called. Okay, I've heard of that. Who's the pastor? Darren Whitehead. How's his sneaker game? Uh, it's not that great. Oh, I, <laughs> he's laying low. Hopefully right. he doesn't hear this. <laughs> hey, Chris, you're fired. Hey, guys, this is Chris McClarney. I'm just looking for a job if anybody. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was surprised to, like, I got I got uh, rebuked after doing one of my past podcast episodes because they said I didn't do enough research and I was being rude to my guests. Oh, and so wow. I was trying to, I was trying to research you before this. Which and I realized was that, uh, I, I interviewed Jaron Myers. who's a comedian. Yeah, I listened to that. was the first one I listened to. He's so funny. And, uh, he asked if I had listened to his podcast and I said, well, I'd listened to like half of the first episode <laughs> and pe- people took that as me being rude. Like I wasn't trying to be rude. I was just trying to be honest. Um, cause like a, people today push out a lot of content to, to, to ask like, Hey, did you look at this one right. piece of content yeah. I did? Sometimes it's a little harder to do if this isn't your full-time job to like research guests. So, but I was, um, looking at all the music you've worked on and you've written some of the like most K love catchy Christian music out there, like played all across the board, like love never fails, uh, everything and nothing less. How does that like, do you think back on that 
And like, have you been able to process being like that guy now that you're writing music that everyone oh. is singing? And well, by, yeah. but when I say K Love, I'm not trying to be. I'm just saying they play it on K Love all the time. I wasn't <laughs> trying to. It's not an insult. I'm just saying they're playing it a ton on K Love. Um, no, which is great. Uh, that, yeah, they they can. <laughs> they still pay. Me. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> um, gosh, man, I, when I when I started leading worship, there wasn't like celebrity worship leaders, so I didn't get into it. Uh, when was that? Early two thousands. Oh gosh! So I would have been fourteen when I started leading, and I'm about to be forty. So okay, quick maths. Yeah. So like in the nineties. Yeah, in the nineties for sure. Yeah. There was Michael W. Smith. He was crushing the game. Oh, Carmen. I mean, there were Christian celebrities, but worship wasn't it. Like worship was something you did at church. Like right. It. It it didn't cross over into radio play, mm-hmm. and I got I I was at a home group. I was fourteen at a home group, and someone said, "Does anybody here know how to lead worship?" And I thought, "How hard can it be?" <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's when he knew he made a grave mistake, yeah, so or misjudgment. I, I raised my hand. I was like, "I do. I know how to lead worship." As <laughs> a fourteen-year-old. So, uh, Gosh, to be that confident. I don't know if it was confident. I just, yeah. So I started leading worship. Because um, your dad your dad was a youth pastor yeah, growing up? Yeah, Southern Baptist. So did you have any kind of like exposure to that world? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like I what did worship up, music look like? I grew up uh, singing hymns for the most part when I was young. And then when high school... Junior high, high school hit is when we all kind of made the transition to, you know, uh, I remember singing, do you remember the the Chris Rice song about cartoons getting saved? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but that sounds right up the uh, 90s Christian alley. I don't know sure. how good you are at editing, but if you could get the rights and then just put a clip of it right now. All right, now that you've listened to it. (laughs) Man, that was hilarious to listen to. So it's a whole song about how, uh, uh, well, he's just saying, I was thinking the other day, what if cartoons got saved? And then the rest of the song is him singing lines of worship that a cartoon might say, like, uh, instead of hallelujah, yabba dabba do ya. (laughs) This is... And to think, well, I, we haven't reached all nations yet. But when I started leading worship, that was definitely song one uh, in the set. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you had already you'd already learned guitar by then? Or were you teaching yourself no, I guitar? I bought a guitar uh, just for that. In order to lead that? Oh, yeah. Wow. So I, I grew up, I took piano lessons as a kid. Um, and then, uh, I, dude... They can't see it, but you can tell I'm not the best looking guy in the world. So well, I needed vice a, versa, I same. needed a gimmick. I was gonna say it, but you said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's um, move on. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a gimmick. So uh you can't fit a piano in your trunk. So Right. And I chicks think, dig guitar. Oh, they love it. Uh <laughs> and it's infallible. Once you start playing guitar, chicks just show up in droves. Yeah, they just show up. Um, 
so yeah, I think it's probably equal parts for the Lord and for the girls. Yeah, I think he's probably okay with that. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's about as righteous as he you works can all hope things to together for my good. That's right, and he has, and it worked. He? I got married, and you've got quite the family, right? You have all girls. You have all three girls. girls. Man, see, you did your research. I'm try- no I, I took the rebuke to heart. <laughs> no, they'll find something to hate on me. <laughs> they, the they automatically, lyric. the explicit lyric, and they, ought, they assume that I'm getting rich off of this. Oh. And I don't know how, how much to emphasize how no money I'm making on this podcast. I, uh, I'm going to send you $5. Now you'll not be able to say... You paid zero dollars. So this is my commitment to your listeners. He's paid five dollars. <laughs> Dang it! You've really screwed up my whole shtick. Now, now I'm not so humble. But I will take that five dollars. Yeah. Real talk. Oh heck yeah! Get a double cheese. Um, okay, so you started. You just started leading worship as a choice. Taught yourself guitar as a choice. There wasn't like guitartabs.com back then what were you doing to teach yourself buy books buy an actual book that had chords in it i remember having a book that had the same thing you find online these days but it was actually written out on pages and i would learn how to play the chords and then um yeah and you have yeah that is mind-blowing that you can create like you can start like that purely of your own initiative and turn it into your entire life's work. Yeah. It'd be, yeah, it's crazy. That's wild to think about. Like some, because so many people start things like that and it just doesn't stick or they suck or they're, they like get distracted with other things. Yet somehow you were able to in the nineties where there's no, distribution there's no social media to start and there's no like i mean you have to go buy you got to go to uh whatever music store to buy a book of chords <laughs> and that's turned into now you staying like you being at the height of christian music that's pretty impressive oh man i mean it the journey was crazy like immediately after that like probably three years into leading worship i kind of thought I think I want to do Christian music. And I got serious about it and started talking to a record label. And I mean, it was getting serious. And I just felt... Because you were in Nash at the time? Yeah, I grew up in Nashville. And, um, And I was in a meeting at a record label. And we were talking about a deal. And I just felt this rush of like, I don't think I want to do this. Like, it just doesn't feel real. So on the way home from that meeting, I got a phone call from a buddy whose band had just broken up. And he said, hey, um, my band just broke up. We have a gig tomorrow night. Could you play at it? And I was like, yeah, I can play with you. And you know how in between, like uh, when you go to a concert and the in between, they do like a pitch for Feed the Children or... Yeah, Compassion. compassion. Well, that night they did a pitch for the building, the ministry that was at the building we were using. So some guy got up and it was just an inner city ministry in Nashville. He got up and he talked about the least of these and uh, Matthew 25, where it says, whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. I was 
hungry, you gave me food, I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink, I was naked, you gave me clothes, I, I was sick, and in the hospital you visited me. And he just spoke scripture, basically, and then invited people to... A novel concept. <laughs> yeah, and then invited people to serve at the, the ministry there. And as soon as he got done talking, I my heart was like, that's what I want to do. I want to help the poor. So uh, I would tell you I sold everything I owned and moved down there, but I didn't own anything. But I did move down there. And um, for three years, just gave out food and clothing. Where Where did you move? To downtown Nashville. Oh, to downtown Nashville. To the, to the projects. And just gave out wow. food and clothing and... Um, laid down. You were single at the time. Yeah, I was single, uh, and completely quit music and just played. I like played for the kids in the neighborhood and that was it. Uh, and we would do worship nights for our little crew there and I'd lead for those. But, Mm -hmm. um, and I met my wife down there. Um, she wasn't one of the homeless people. She was coming. Oh, that's, but she could have been, but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You guys be you. Whoever, who's ever listening to this? The um, six people that listen to this, yeah. You guys be you. You girls, guys and girls, be you. Um, so, so you're completely three years, no music, like no organized music. Yeah. You straight up. And did you find that that was a sacrifice for you? Or you're like, I'm just going to do this. No. Like, did you have to consciously say, I'm laying all this down to pursue something higher than myself? Um. Yeah. It felt like... Um, like this is the real gospel. I grew up in church. I, I like I love I love the Lord and I always have. Um it's kind mm-hmm. of a boring testimony, but I I this was the first time where in my life it, this makes sense. Like here I am I'm singing songs where I say I love you Jesus. I love you Jesus. Um and then how does that anchor to the reality of the world we live in? And as a worship leader, here I was telling people, let's sing this song where we say I love you. And then for the first time in my life, that met the reality of helping the poor. So for me, it was like a lateral move where it was like, hey, I've been trying to get people to love on Jesus for you know, the last five years. And now I'm actually trying to get people to show the love of Jesus to Jesus through action. <laughs> through action. Yeah. So that was probably a life changing experience for you then. Yeah, it was. And again, I met my wife down there and <clears throat> we were going to be missionaries to Brazil. We thought that'd be the best thing ever. And then I got a, uh, we, well, we had decided we would just figure out how to be married first like yeah before which takes jumping, a little effort yeah before jumping into the mission field so we were gonna take like six months at, in nashville that was and, wise uh and about a month into it a, a church asked me a church in town asked if i could lead worship on a sunday and i was like well let me ask my wife but you know probably smart move <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so uh i led worship at this church but we were so poor i'd sold my guitar Except mm. for the guy that bought my, my guitar wrote a bad check. So he stole my guitar, basically. <laughs> so it's like he so he wrote a bad check to buy a guitar for you and it bounced. 
Oh, from you. Yeah. Oh, and then he, you sent him your guitar, gave him your guitar, yeah. and then the check bounced. Yeah. Oh. It was dumb. That's real dumb. Yeah, it was super dumb. And I, so I show up at this church with my dumb guitar because I had a nice guitar and then I had the dumb guitar. So I okay. show up with the dumb guitar and you know how pastors are always ragging on you? Um, <laughs> well, as a worship leader, I'm very keenly aware of how pastors love to just poke at you. So uh-huh. as soon as I get there, the pastor's like, man, what's up with your ugly guitar? <laughs> so I was like, man, like, it's, non-taken. It's, it's funny you should bring that up because someone just stole my one good guitar. And he was like, that's not right. So um, after worship, he straight up pulled my guitar case out to the front of the stage and opened it up and was like, hey, you know, the enemy stole from this guy. Let's buy him a new guitar. And people... Oh took up an offering. So they just came forward and stuck money in my guitar case and they gave us $5,700. Yeah. I hope you didn't just go buy a Martin with all that. Right. Well, (laughs) that was one of the first fights I ever had with my wife. Like, what do we do with this money? Like what's an appropriate amount? Like, do we buy a guitar at all? Oh, worship leaders and guitars is the, the next Instagram handle. We, yeah, yeah. People always bring that up, like, when are you going to show the guitars and the, the Nords and the amps? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm not doing that ever, I don't think. Because <laughs> uh, you could get, I mean, I, you get what you pay for with guitars. Oh, for sure. So what did you end up getting with that money? Uh, about a Larabay. And okay, then, that's uh, a nice freaking guitar. Yeah, it was great. I, I paid like uh, 1100 bucks for it, I think. Okay. And then, uh, you still have it? No, I gave it away to a guy in Romania. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I went to Romania and the guy was playing an ovation, the local worship leader. And I was the like, curved back. Yeah. The, the plastic, plastic <laughs> you can't back. play it on your no. thigh or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I was like, man, if you'll throw away that guitar, I'll give you this one. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing this manufactured POS. Yeah. Wow, that's a super generous thing to do. But uh, at this, at that time, you had 42 guitars? No, that's I only had count. two. I had, no, I had that guitar and one other guitar. Oh my gosh, well, that's super generous. What else, uh, what do you play right now? Uh, I've got a... Get, well, I've got a bunch. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Grammys will do that to you. Uh, I've got my main ones: uh, '60s J45 a Gibson. Uh, Classic. 66. It's a great sounding guitar, and I love it. Uh, but even it's not that expensive uh, in the realm of guitars. I think I paid twenty two hundred bucks for it. But I mean, you, you really do get what you pay for. And that's like a guitar for life oh, at yeah. this point. It's already yeah. lived life. This is a guitar for its second life because it's, it's 60 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But it's probably super rich sounding. Oh, yeah. Guitars from that. Yeah. Um, with the – so fast forwarding from the Brazil inner oh, city. So where, I know what I was going to say. Is yeah, go ahead. They said – so – when they gave me that offering and then they said, Hey, can you lead worship next week? 
I was like, oh, heck yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this is what it's got. every Sunday's going to be like. <laughs> yeah. So that began, uh, that began 10 years of, uh, we were at that church. I was the worship pastor there for 10 years. and 10 years? Yeah. And just really felt like um, the Lord kind of set me up for this, like, because our heart was to go overseas. Um, and the Lord just had a different plan. So I ended up at, at a church in Franklin, Tennessee and, um, stayed there for 10 years and about halfway through that, or maybe about three, four years into that, I felt like God said, uh, I want you to make a CD, but you know how God sounds like you talking to yourself in your own head. Yep. So I was like, I have to validate it. I was like, God, is this you or is this me talking to myself? Uh, <laughs> me, is this me? Uh, I, um, so I said, God, if you'll provide the money, then I'll do it. And uh, this is a true story. It sounds fake, but a guy emailed me. I've never met him and still haven't met him. And he said, God told me to give you money. What do you need money for? And I was like, well, sounds fake. I know Uh, he's from Nigeria. They (laughs) his dad, his dad was a king or something. He was asking for my info. I just had to. It was easy. I just had to send him a couple of grand for. (laughs) (laughs) No, this guy said, God told me to give you money. And I wrote him back and was like, well, I need guitar strings and we need drum heads. And at the end of that email, I said, or. If you give me $15,000, I'll make a record. And I pulled the number out of nowhere. Like, just, I made it up. I don't know how much it costs to make a record. Yeah. I just said, if you give me 15 grand, I'll do it. And and Homeboy mailed a check for 15 grand. What? So that's how I got into the music business. I was like, oh, That I is bananas. I know, it's crazy. <clears throat> and the check didn't bounce. No, it didn't bounce. At this point, you should have not been trusting random checks being sent to you. <laughs> wow. And so that did that cover pretty much all the studio time and everything uh, for doing the record? Well, no. So we ran out of but money it was a good start. Quick. Yeah, it was great. Oh. So we tracked everything, but then we ran out. But then I came up with this brilliant plan that I need another 15 grand to finish. But instead of borrowing $15,000 from one person... Because then if I can't pay him back, he'll be $15,000 mad at me mm-hmm. that I would borrow $3,000 from five people. So I went to, uh, my plan was to go to like five of my richest friends and just tell them what I wanted to do. Hey, you're rich. Yeah. <laughs> let me talk Let hey, me talk to you. Uh, I couldn't help but notice from your shoes that you're... <laughs> <laughs> no, so the first guy I met with, he was being super fatherly and was cool and he's like hey as a businessman i found that if you think you need uh three thousand dollars you probably actually need like five and i was like well i think I I actually fifteen thousand <laughs> and at the table at O charlie's because i was paying at the table, quality establishment he wrote me a check for twenty thousand dollars what is happening? And that's how I finished the record. Who are these people? I know they need to be in your life. 
These are the same people gifting the sneakers, I think. This, <laughs> the shadow society of unlimited money. That is insane. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it, so that, feels, it feels so safe, though, because I didn't want to get, well, I did at first want to be in the music business. Then I laid it down, and I felt like God pushed me into it. And there's something that feels so safe about God kind of pushing you into something. As, yeah. as opposed to you making a bunch of Ishmaels. Like you think about Abraham and God's put a promise on his life. And then when he tries to make it happen, it's bad. And yep. there's something beautiful about just waiting on that promise. And it, yeah, so I'm super that's thankful good. for it. Yeah, that's that's super good. Like not being in a place where you're stressing out about thinking that you can like that you have to do all of the work to get what you think you need. Like uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the music industry that are just like itching to make it up the next rung of the ladder, but you're in a place where you're like, I don't have to do this, but if you want me to do it, then uh, you're going to have to make it happen pretty much. Yeah. I like to try and live my life like that. I'm probably not perfect at it. There's times where it's like, oh, I wish this was more successful or what what can I do? I mean, and there's a difference between being like completely lackadaisical and I don't care and actually taking little steps towards what you do. Right. Right. But having uh, <clears throat> trusting at the time, at the same time, instead of being like, I've got to do this myself. Right. That's crazy. Um, so sorry, I'm looking, you're frozen. You're, uh -oh. can you see me? I can see you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I just, your face is frozen. It'll what about now? Back. Nope. Looks the same. I'm dancing <laughs> like some sick moves. You have no idea. <laughs> There's a strobe light apparently. No, I, I can't see anything. Hey, yo, what up? This episode of the Preachers and Seekers podcast is brought to you by Rejuvenator Shoe Care. If you're like me and only have a few pairs of kicks, you got to be keeping those fresh at all times. My favorite pair of sneaks are my Triple Wide Ultra Boosts, and they're an absolute dirt magnet. But Rejuvenator provides everything I could possibly need to keep those kicks mega clean and at a reasonable price. All my listeners can get 10% off their whole order by using the code PREACHERS at checkout. So check them out at Rejuvenator.com and be sure to use the code PREACHERS for 10% off. So your heart clearly is in a place where you're trying to live out your faith and help the least of these. I saw on your Instagram um, that you're you either started or you're involved with Shower Up Nashville and the oh, laundry yeah. stop. Tell me yeah. about that a little bit. And then I want to ask you about sneakers and such. So my wife, um, she owns a cleaning business. So... We wanted to put our kids in a private school, which cost a bunch of money. But uh, mm -hmm. our, we had some friends. You know how it is. Like, I, I want my kids to go to that school with their friends. So, But mm -hmm. I couldn't afford it. And my wife was like, well, what if I start cleaning houses every week? So she started cleaning two houses a week. And we just struggled through it and made it work. Yeah. But, Bless her. So she... she uh, was like, well, this is super helpful for, for me. What if I just hire some other people and get more work? Now she has like 40-something employees. 
they clean hundreds of houses every week. What? Yeah. So she's got like a full scaled out business. Yeah. And, and it's just been the Lord's blessing on her life. And in the midst of all that, they do a crap ton of laundry. Can I say crap ton? Oh yeah. You can say whatever you want, man. Sweet. It's 2019. Um, uh, so she, she, they do a bunch of laundry and, um, obviously, like I told you, we both have a heart for the poor. Mm -hmm. She, at some point kind of decided it would be great if her business, uh, found a way to give back to the community in a tangible way. And since she knows laundry, cause they do a lot of it. Mm -hmm. She was like, what if I built a truck? Uh, that could service the homeless community by cleaning their laundry. So she found an organization that gives out showers and they'd always tried to tackle the laundry game because it is, it's a unique problem that's not easy to fix right. because dryers take a lot of energy to work and um, where do you get the water from? And yeah. Dump, do you dump your dirty water? So she's figuring out all this and we built it. We built a trailer and we take it out on Sundays after church and we do laundry for homeless people. Wow. And it, and it's become like a, uh, it's become a really cool part of my, um, routine where like I sing on stage. Our church is pretty big. So I sing on stage and uh, get to partake in all the fun part of of being in front of people mm-hmm. and showing my gift to the world. But then immediately after that, I get to move from just talking about loving on Jesus and I, how much I love Jesus to actually showing love. And it's become, I, uh, yeah, I don't know how else to say it. It's a great part of, it feels healthy. That's got to feel super <clears throat> fulfilling to say like, Hey, I don't do everything right or much right, but at least I'm trying to be obedient or at least put action behind the things that I'm trying to get other people to live out. Cause that's tough, right? Like it's all of us want to be so comfy most of the time. And it's very easy to go to church and and consume, or if you don't go to church to just like be an activist or to say like, Hey, let's build awareness for this thing. But at a certain point, putting action to words takes a different level of character. And I bet that feels really fulfilling. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. do it, but that's great for, <laughs> for you. No, that is like, if you try to put yourself in their shoes, like you're already in such a terrible state of life or maybe like a, like a very low state of life to say like, Hey, I'm, I don't have a home. I'm wearing dirty clothes. I'm dirty. And I don't get to shower and that they're providing just the basics for being like a member of society. Like that probably gives them a ton of at least like energy or perseverance to like keep going. Cause at a certain point you right. feel less human. If you're like, I was in the Marines for uh, in a past life and we would go weeks without showering for different type of training deals 
And there's a certain I point. I do that, and I'm not even in the Marines. It's <laughs> 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 so there's a certain point where you're like, I feel less than human right now because I am so filthy, and I'm just right. resolved to my filth. And what a like simple yet awesome thing to do for people. Ali, did you figure like have y'all figured out all the logistics behind it? Like, what what do you do with the gray water? What do you do with the power? Like, yeah, I mean, we we figured it all out. That's a, I, that's amazing. I, I mean, right now at this point, we want to build another one because we've learned all of our mistakes. So yeah, want to build a second one. So is the goal to scale it out throughout Nashville or? I don't know if we've really thought about it. I. It's kind of just being obedient to right now, and I don't know. Gosh, it's not. It, what a healthy it's never perspective. Been a dream of mine. <clears throat> it's never been a dream of mine to have like a clothing ministry for the homeless. Uh, it it feels fulfilling, but I don't want to put some extra pressure on. Yeah, it. yeah, and that's that, <clears throat> and that's probably healthy, but like what a good thing to do at, even at like the smallest scale, like what a, what an awesome thing to do. Um, is there, before we move on, is there a way like people can connect with that or find that? Do y'all have like any kind of social media or any oh, kind gosh. of fundraising? Well, we, we started a, we started a Instagram page, but it doesn't post. A lot. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I, I think it's called the laundry stop and it might have underscores oh. like in the name. I forget. Okay. I'll look it up and I'll, uh, I'll I'll blast it out there for the people. I, um, I've got some reach these days. I don't know if you heard. Uh, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> um, okay, so I was going to ask the growing up with a youth pastor as a father. I know this was many years ago. Um, did you ever experience people criticizing? your dad or you for how y'all spent your money or how you were living your life at all? Um, no, because youth pastors don't make any money. (laughs) That's true. So, but he was like a full time youth pastor. Like that was his career. Yeah, that was it. Then he became a school teacher. Uh, they got burned out on church work and moved home. Nashville was home for them. So, okay. So he wanted to make some real money. So he became a teacher. (laughs) <laughs> okay well then uh then uh because that's come up a ton with this whole like trying to get the perspective of, of right, pastors um well that's great that nobody was like hey why are you wearing those la gear light up sneaks um so the bigger question i wanted to ask for you because you're in it every day is like this whole preachers and sneakers thing has caused a lot of people to ask about building wealth in the realm of Christianity or quote unquote on the back of the gospel. (laughs) And so for you literally living out like people singing your songs all over the world, I guess I wanted to get your perspective on what do you think about that and how do you keep the right perspective, which, cause I, I imagine you're making good money off of, off of touring, off of selling music, even though Spotify is kind of crushing that for you. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> like all the licensing things, all that merch and everything. Right, yeah. So I just want to, want to get your perspective on that because that's at least come up in my own mind. It's like, is there ever a place where it's okay to get rich 
off of living, preaching, playing for God? Gosh, <clears throat> I yeah, I, it's definitely something I've had a lot of uh, put a lot of thought into, and had a lot of personal struggle with making money off of doing worship. Uh, in the early days, well, really for the first. 15 years of doing this, like if someone invited me to their church, I wouldn't even ask for it. Just pay whatever you want to pay. Right. And you, I'd lose a lot of money doing that. And I'd make some money sometimes, but it's all, it's definitely an issue that I've thought about Mm -hmm. at least put a lot of thought into. I don't know the right answer though. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I, I've definitely made good money off of music. I don't think I've gotten rich. Like I've made a living is right. what I would say. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I, I've definitely not gotten rich off of it. Right. <clears throat> the weird part is that the biggest part of my income probably comes from directly from people singing my songs at churches mm-hmm. via CCLI. So, you know, when, uh, people at churches have to fill in what songs they sing, you know, every quarter or whatever. Right. They, that, that organization that they paid then divvies out the money to the songwriters. So. Interesting. Uh, I've definitely made good money off of people singing songs that I wrote at church. And is it weird? Probably. <laughs> is it bad? I don't know. Yeah. Is, it it's made it's made it so that I can focus on writing songs and pastoring at my church as opposed to grinding uh, it out during the week at another job. Yeah. So I think it's open doors. I like I think when we I don't know, it's hard, man. Cause I don't feel like I'm taking advantage of anybody. Right. Well, I mean, you're providing value to a ton of people in one way yeah, or the other. Well, hopefully, I mean, that's the goal yeah. is to write songs. I mean, honestly, that's not even the goal. The goal for me was to write songs for my church. Yeah. Like, can we sing songs at my church? Because you recorded just, live stuff and then somebody at like Jesus Culture got a hold of it, right? And that's kind of where things started to yeah, blow up. So like for me, I... Yeah, our sound guy at my church would put the audio from the worship onto MySpace. That shows you how long ago it was. <laughs> and um, these are my buddies. The Jesus Culture guys were just my friends. Yeah. And also my MySpace friends. Yeah, the better. I don't know if they yeah. were top eight. They probably weren't my top eight. But <laughs> That's the pinnacle they, of friendship, though. <laughs> top eight MySpace friends. It sure was. But they... Um, they heard the songs and recorded a couple of them. So they recorded Your Love Never Fails and took it everywhere. Hmm. And that, but I didn't write that song to make money. Right. And yeah, I like I wrote it because we needed a song that said that he makes all things work together for the good of those that love him. And so like for me, we were going through stuff. And so I wrote a song that spoke into that. Yeah. And it, and it just kind of 
did its own thing. So I kind of think of it more like the Lord's blessing to continue opening up doors. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have no idea what your financial situation is. So I'm not necessarily mega rich, mega rich. rich. Yeah. So I I wasn't trying to imply that you (laughs) have gotten rich off this. I assumed you were making good money because we're talking at 10 AM on a Thursday and you're not at a job. Um, But it it has caused like, I've never, what does that say about you as preachers and sneakers? (laughs) I'll leave that open for interpretation. I've been getting rich off the backs of calling out pastors for being rich. So I'm living my best life right now. Could you imagine? I, I can't. I can't. But it people all- are quick to accuse me of doing that. And I'm really not. But Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, enough to, you know, fly first class now. To all my speaking engagements. Yeah. Um, but it has, like, I've never considered, like, I, I grew up in, like, Southern Christian culture following, like, you know, crushing all my secular CDs and worshiping all these, you know, Christian celebrities. But I'd never considered like, Hey, these people are making real money and are get, and some like assumingly are getting loaded off of, uh, Christian type themes. And just with this whole account has made me consider for myself, like, what are we supposed to do with that? Cause like at a certain point, people, the majority of people don't think it's, okay to be like buying mansions and lambos off of your (laughs) christian earnings but then also people i think the average person doesn't want a really great songwriter or a really effective communicator to be poor or to like purposely live in filth because that's what jesus would do quote unquote um, WWJD. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is or why it, it causes, I mean, clearly that's what's caused the account to blow up a ton because people have lost their collective minds about like trying to <laughs> consider what is appropriate for a leader of the Christian faith to wear and to how to live and stuff. And so I right. guess as, but it, it also brings up the same question about for me about like worship leaders and stuff. It's like, okay, these, I mean, you're included guys and girls are literally leading people in worship of the creator of the universe and are making money off of it. Are we just okay? Like if someone made a hundred million dollars off of that over the course of their career, is everyone just okay with that? Or is there a level where it's like, is, is God just okay with us profiting off the gospel or are we to like approach it in a different way? I don't know. So like the same, I mean, people, the same type of thing, people accuse me of like when I sold my merch of like profiting off of doing the same thing that I'm calling the pastors or I'm not necessarily calling them out, but like people think I'm calling them out for getting rich off the gospel. And it's just caused me to think like, what is that? Or what are we to do with that? Cause I, I assume Michael W. Smith, I assume the Hillsong crew is, have been making a ton of money. And maybe it's just fine. And like, if it's fine, I, I support them. Like I, I am for people trying to use their gifts to make money and to make a lot of money as long as they're using their money for good and aren't like flossing on everybody, but, um, or flexing (laughs) on everybody. But 
I mean, have you had any flexing on everyone? (laughs) Flexing on everybody. Like, have you had any conversations with any of you? Yeah. Uh, For those that can't see, Chris McClarney literally just floss on camera. One of the more shameful things that has happened in 2019. Congrats on being able to do that, though. I guess being a, a, a dad of three daughters, you've had to learn how to do that. So have you had any conversations with your counterparts about that? Like, hey. Oh, yeah, we've had tons. For as long as I've been making music, I've been having the same conversation about what's appropriate. Like, because in one, <clears throat> on one hand, when I go play a gig somewhere, I have to leave my family. Right. <clears throat> and I can't do a job where I couldn't make money. Right. Because it's your responsibility to take care of your family. Right. And I want to give them the best possible life. Yeah. Uh, So, like, if if you're a musician and you're a Christian, and if we all agree, I'm not saying we do, but say we all agreed that they shouldn't make that much money, well, then is that pushing our best musicians into not doing church. Right. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It, but you would but, think that you would to work, like you would want excellence when you're worshiping to you, the creator of the universe. Like why wouldn't we want excellence in everything? Right. And, and you look at people like we talked about Daigle earlier. Yeah. And this is someone that's crossed over into the, mainstream market mm-hmm. and uh i i mean i think it's kind of awesome she, she's probably making a ton of money i think it's great and she's sharing the gospel like what isn't that the dream <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and she's giving back a bunch yeah. so for me i i think where i've settled on it is it's not for me it's not about making money like, that's not the problem. It's what do you do with your money after you've made it? What do you, how do you live your life that, it, and that's why for us, like, it has to go back to orphans and widows and to the least of these. Yeah. You know, scripture talks about pure and undefiled religion is to care for orphans and widows. So, like, it, if the Lord's blessing my music, then may my story always be, that here's a guy that's all tried to always give back more than what he got. Like, so yeah, I, 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 I'm not getting rich right now, but I would love to, I think that'd be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Yeah. That's, that's a really great word. Like, and I think the average, the majority of people would agree with that. Like what you do with your money is what matters. And if you, I guess the 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 sensitive thing or the touchier thing happens when you start like wearing and living in a way that looks a lot like the rest of the world is living and wearing like specifically with like the designer crap and like it I don't know what do you think about that aspect as as far as like wearing and buying things that are kind of just seen as ostentatious or kind of seen as like luxury type 
items, even if it's not right. fair, what do you think about that? <clears throat> Gosh, I don't know. I mean, when I first started following you, like, I didn't feel the same way a lot of your comments were, where they were like, you know, so mad at the pastors. Right. I <clears throat> I felt more of a, can you believe these idiots think it's cool to wear that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, because in my mind, it's funny. It's It's definitively funny. Yes. That they would wear some of the stuff they wear. Like, there's one where... I forget his name. Completely decked out, head to toe. He's got tags on everything. Uh-huh. It's crazy, man. <laughs> like <laughs> that just looks dumb. <laughs> and I realize I'm not super stylish, but to me, that's where the humor in the whole thing was. Here's a guy that's saying these people are trying to be cool, and is it cool? <laughs> <laughs> we may never know. <laughs> so I like. That's why I started following you. I enjoyed that aspect of it. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard because I think there is, like, people have a style. They have things that they're into. Like me, I like guitars. So yeah. Luckily, I'm able to get guitars for cheap because of the job that I have. But, yeah. Uh, you know. Are you endorsed I, by anybody? Uh, well, like I've gotten free guitars, lots of free guitars. I, I don't play anybody like only them uh-huh. because I'm real. I just like to play whatever I feel like playing that. Day. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, will you send me a guitar for free? Uh, I, well, sure. Yeah. Like a one that I could potentially resell for $5,700 <laughs> or so. That's what I think is it's been interesting about this whole thing. It's like no one really has the answer, and I think that's what pisses a lot of people off is that it's easy for people on social media to be judgy. Like you can see it in the comments. There's a lot of judgy ass Christians that come hey, into the we comments. Got the e again. <laughs> Check the e box. Yes. <laughs> My bad. You got me fired up thinking about this now. Um, I think people get mad that there's like not a definitive answer, and they also get mad that I can't that I don't put a flag in the sand one way or the other, but it's like, as like, I'm talking to a Grammy nominated artist that's making money (laughs) off of worship music. And he, even he doesn't know if he's okay with like making 50 million bucks off of Christian music. And it's like, I I would love to make 50 million bucks off Christian music. I would like to say that out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And I would like to affirm that I would like to make 50 million bucks selling, uh, uh, preachers and sneakers merch. I don't know if we'll ever get there, but here's one of the questions that I like <clears throat> I've actually thought about. So my wife, like I said, she has a business. It's, it's successful now. Um, am I only and like in the world where the judgmental Christians are at, could I use her money to buy really nice shoes? <laughs> and would that be okay? <laughs> like as long as I promise to never use the money I made off of church. Right. It's it's I mean, like it gets uh, weird. It gets weird, and I think the bottom line is that everyone needs to be in a community of people that know you really well that can say, "Hey, you're being stupid with your money," because it's like it's really right. it's really easy to be like, "Hey, preachers wearing a thousand dollar kicks is real stupid," but 
ultimately we're not going to really affect their behavior long term. I don't think. I think it's up to everyone to one consider how they spend their money. I think it is worth considering the optics of the things that you're wearing and how you're living your life. Because what you do wear and how you do live does convey some type of message. Regardless, like people bring up the the BMW versus suburban thing. Like they cost the same, but they communicate a completely different message. Like that's probably not fair, but it's the reality. Like people on the outside right. see you drive, driving a Beamer or think something completely different than if you're driving a suburban. Um, what if you're driving a Yukon? Uh, no, that's then you're just being a poser. <laughs> What if it's a Denali? Uh, <laughs> see, there again, it's like, and I feel like, have you looked at my driveway recently? Why, why are you attacking me right now? You drive that Yukon Denali. <laughs> Flexing on everybody. Like a rich person from 2010. Yeah. Um, and it's just like everyone should have people around them that is that are willing to speak in to how they're spending their money. Like if we're if, yeah, I completely if we ever get to the point where we're making our money and we're siloed to the point where it's like, hey, this is my money. I'm going to spend it how I want. That's probably not the right place to be, regardless of how you're making your money. And as long as like you're not taking advantage of people, I think. So all that to say is no one agrees on anything and what is <laughs> true anymore. Like it would be really helpful if. Uh, people bring the camel through the eye of the needle verse all the time, but also like they use that verse in a vacuum and it's not like God didn't speak specific. I don't think he spoke specifically on like money you should spend on clothing or vacations yeah. or Nord keyboards. Like it's, it seems very gray, but I think the point is that we should always shoot for wisdom and, try not to flex on people yeah and that's my uninformed instagram opinion like pe <laughs> people think i am some like expert on any of this and i'm just the most average white dude with minimal biblical education like trying to like lead my own household and make wise decisions myself like i have really no authority on any of this i mean i i feel like you have some sort of authority now. You started the conversation. Everyone's looking to you for answers. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> well, I hope that you can write I mean, a song do, about it one day. What do you think? Like, you've talked to so many people about it. Yeah. At the end of the day, what's the consensus from all of them on? I think, uh, uh the majority thinks that, or like the majority that are on the, the pastor side think that it's, it's inappropriate to put these guys and girls in a place where they can be put on blast, even though my intention is to not for them to be put on blast. But, um, I think it's worth considering how you, how you curate yourself on social media. So like on my personal Instagram, I've felt super convicted about really posting anything because, uh, so much of what we do on social media whether we say it or not is intended to make other people envy our lives, like what we're doing, where we're at, what we're eating. Yeah. And that's inherently causing people to sin. And so I've really struggled with finding a purpose in posting much on my personal social media. So I think a good takeaway is to at least consider why you're posting things on social media. Cause you're really, if you're on a vacation, you're like, check out the sweet vacation I'm on. 
somebody out there is going to be like, damn, I wish I could be on a vacation. I wish I had (laughs) their vacation. Um, So that's been a good learning point for me. I I mean, I think it is dumb, I think, to not at least not consider the things you're wearing on social media when you have a reach of 500,000 to a million to 2 million followers. Yeah. And the impacts, like, and at least the thing that's been disappointing is a lot of these guys and girls haven't really vocalized their empathy for why people are fired up about it. Like, I wish they would say, I at least understand why people get upset. Like these were a gift. I didn't pay anything for them. I didn't take this out of the offering plate, but I at least understand why people are upset and why they can't relate to this. But there again, it's like, that's about as, as like definitive as I can get because like we just right. talked about, it's it's a very gray area and it's so situational and it's so heart dependent. And I don't know any of these guys and girls' hearts, but I think it's still valuable to bring up the conversation because I don't. Yeah, this is somewhat of a newer age issue, or like with social media, it's a it's a newer type issue, and not many people were really quantifying it. And so I'm happy to keep the conversation going i i don't necessarily want to be the talking head about it but it's some for some reason god has given me a gift to be able to write pithy quips on instagram (laughs) and pick out sneakers with high profile preachers so i'm just trying to do the best that i can with it and trying to in the same way raise money for people that are doing like i'm trying to use the at a minimum use the platform to raise money and awareness for people that are taking care of the least of these. That's cool. Uh, but I also recognize that I've done it imperfectly and people have probably been hurt or harassed by it. And so I'm trying to, trying to move forward with that and make a way to make this a positive thing for everybody. But yeah, it's been messy and I've repented for some of my heart behind some of the posts that I did. I've taken down a lot of posts just because it wasn't the right heart behind it. But now I think I'm in a good place. So like when you, uh, you took down Max did Rock, I? Rock. The one where he's Did wearing he those. I took I took down the videos where I was I was uh, kind of ragging on him for wearing those. <laughs> like right when I started the account, you sent me that picture where I had like twenty six followers, and it did have the videos where I was like, "Oh, look at this guy wearing eight hundred dollar Yeezys." And come to find out, Mac is like the most humble, genuine dude ever, and oh, we're we're homies now. And he's got a great voice too, and has written a lot of great songs. And I'm really impressed with him. Um. All right, we're up. We're up on time, pretty much. If if people want to rebuke you online, where can they find you? Yeah, they can rebuke me at Preachers and Sneakers. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> I've got enough time doing it's, that myself. It's at C McClarney on Instagram with two C's, right? M C C L. Yeah, C C H R I S. No. <laughs> At C. C. McClarney, right? M-C-C-L-A-R-N-E-Y. Sweet mercy. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to, to link to your account in the show notes as well. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I think you're yeah, an incredible man. voice. I think you're super funny and really appreciate your heart behind things. Oh, so, you're so nice. Once you get rich off of uh, worship music, be sure to send me that guitar and the $5 you already promised. Oh, and I'm sending to, you five dollars right now. And to write a song. And now, from, and now on, you have to say, "I've made five dollars off of this." And now I'm gonna have to report it to the IRS too, because it's in the public <laughs> domain. Gosh dang it! 
Um, well, yeah. Thanks for making the time. We'd love to talk again. And once I'm in Nash, I'll come. We'll go get some hot chicken or something. Yes, let's do it. All right, buddy. Thanks for the time. All right. Talk to you later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.